And um, I'm just so um, um, blessed that God had released me in my heart to share this message for such a time as this. And if you are hearing me under the sound of my voice or you're listening on the Internet, amen, this morning, um, I, I believe that this is a word for you. Amen. You might ask the question, is there a word in the house this morning? And I'm here to say, yes, there is a word in the house this morning. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, there's a word in the house for you this morning. Oh, I think you got the wrong neighbor today. I like that. They're like, yeah, yeah. Try somebody else. Say, neighbor, there's a word in the house for you this morning. Amen. 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 Last week, we opened up this message series called Confessions of a Pastor. Confessions of a Pastor. Because many times when we come to church and we look dignified and all dressed up and we have, you know, our good Sunday clothes on. I have my cross and my brand new vest that I bought yesterday on sale. Amen. And, and got, my new sh- got, 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 you know, got my shoes on, my designer shoes and my nice custom tailored slacks and, you know, everything. I, w- I want to look sharp. We have the good clothes on this morning. And you all, look, just look around. You all look beautiful this morning. Amen. I don't care if you got a T-shirt and jeans on. You look good this morning. Amen. Because God's people look good. Amen. Come on. We are king's kids. Amen. We need to look good. Amen? And so you look good this morning. But many times we, we, we look at the outward appearance. And so it appears as if everything is going well. It appears as if everything looks good on the outside. As a matter of fact, we have the cliches down. God bless you, sister. Praise the Lord, pastor. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And we, we, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And we have all these sayings down packed, but many times we don't really share how we are really doing. And we hide ourselves behind a mask. We have this masquerade going on. Even though we have the dress that we got from, you know, Century 21, and even though we got the suit that we got on sale, you know, and we got everything else, but yet there's something on the inside that's not right, and we don't want to share it, and we feel inadequate. And so last week we opened up the message series, and I was honest, because this is my confession. Now, this might not be your issues, but... These are my issues because I don't ever want to give the appearance just because I'm a pastor that I have everything down pat, okay? Because many times, you know, we look at pastors and we see the pastors on TV. We, we come to church and say, man, he got it going on. Look at his fine wife. And you know she is fine, by the way. But, you know, he got it going on. And, you know, but I, I, I'm here to say that I go through just like you go through. I face trials just like you face trials. If you cut me, I'll bleed just like you bleed. Amen? There's nothing that's supernatural, supernaturally different about me than there is you. And so I really felt on my heart to really confess some stuff that I deal with as a pastor. So last week we opened up with the message, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like praying. And, and, I, and I spoke about as a pastor, there are times that I don't feel like praying. If you can believe that, say Amen. If that's you, raise your hand and say amen. Because there's sometimes I don't feel like praying. There's sometimes I don't feel like getting up. There's sometimes I miss my prayer time. Come on. Oh, we can't be honest in the house of God today? Because if you look at yourself, you know you probably missed prayer getting here this morning late. Come on, somebody. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. 
you know. And so there are times that, you know, as Christians, we don't feel like praying, but God challenges us to pray nonetheless. And so we opened up last week with I don't feel like praying. So here's my, here's my second confession today. Amen. So get the tabloid newspapers ready. Get ready to run in the National Choir. You're ready. You're listening. This is my confession. I feel completely inadequate. There are times in my life, as a pastor, I feel completely inadequate to do what I'm doing. Got silent in here. I feel completely inadequate. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you today, and we just welcome your presence in this place. We have given you the high praise. We have worshipped you. We have traded our sorrows. Oh, God, Father God, we have opened up our hearts and opened up our eyes to see you high and lifted up this morning. And we invoke your presence here now. And I ask that you would speak to every person sitting in their seats this morning. Let them not leave the same way they came in Jesus' name. Speak to their circumstance. Speak to their situation. Speak to their heart. Let the word of God be like a mighty hammer and touch their hearts this morning. Even now, in the name of Jesus, bring salvation, bring healing, bring deliverance this morning, Father God. And we won't fail to give you the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so there are times in my life as a Christian, I feel completely inadequate. Like I am not qualified to do what God has called me to do. Some of you, like me, you might have a resume for failure. What's a resume for failure? Let's look about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, the resume for failure is um, I, I don't know enough. You know, sometimes as a pastor, like, well, I don't have enough knowledge, you know. I listen to other speakers preach and, and share, and I don't have the Bible knowledge the way they do. Or you might say that. You know, such and such, such could really break the word of God down. I come to Bible study, and they talk about all these different scriptures, and I don't even understand a word. They don't even know what that book of the Bible is. Is there, is, is there such a book called Lamentations? I didn't even know that book was in the Bible. Come on, if I tell you to turn for it right now, you probably wouldn't know where it was. Amen. So, you know, there's a resume for failure. Um, okay, you, I, I don't know enough. Um, 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 I, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Um, every, every, every time I, I try to uh, uh, ascribe or aspire to something, something always knocks me down. I always make a mistake. There's always something um, causing me to stumble and to fall. So I'm not good enough. Um, um, I, I tried that God thing before. It didn't work out. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not as holy as they are in church. I, I, I don't pray 24-7. I don't even feel that way. I know I should, but, but I don't. I, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just not good enough. I, I can't do it. And the last part of a resume for failure, because we feel completely inadequate, is that I've made too many mistakes. I've made too many mistakes. Every time I try to do right, something always messes me up and I wind up doing wrong. I don't understand. I set my mind to do right. I, I tell people I'm going to do the right thing. Then all of a sudden, just something just trips me, and I just want to fall in. You understand, right, sweetie? That's right. We mess up, and, and we keep making mistakes, and we just say, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I have a resume for failure. I, 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 I can't succeed. I, I, I can't do it. I, I feel completely inadequate. 
God, not me. Sometimes God has a call. But when God told me I was called to be a preacher, I was about 15 years old, going on 16. And I said, Lord, surely not I. Surely you, you, you have somebody else in mind, not me. I've made too many mistakes. <laughs> if you say my name around the block, <laughs> they might drop some dirt. I, I, I don't know if I could come back and say I, I'm Pastor Arthur, you know, because they remember something else, Arthur. Okay, I, I don't know if I can go back to that place and show my face and, 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 and say now I'm a child of God. I, I'm a man of God. Or you could say I'm a woman of God. I'm, I'm a child of God. I don't know if I can say that because they remember me when I wasn't a child of God. I was a child of something else. Because I felt completely inadequate because of the mistakes that I've made. So these are the struggles that I have as a pastor these are the struggles that I have as a man. And if you can identify with me, you have the same struggles too. On your job, you have someone who's more qualified than you, but yet they chose you. But yet you feel completely inadequate. You feel on the face like you know it. You feel, come on, you know, now you know at work this is something you really don't know about. Now you know you feel on the face like you know it. Then later on you go on Google, how do I use it? How do I do it? You know you put on your resume, I, can, I, can, I know how to use Excel and Word and Excel and Access and all that. And then you know what it said, we're going to need you on this job to use this software. Okay, you, can you do that? Oh, yeah, I can do it. Let me, let me join the class real quick and freshen up my skills because I don't remember how to do that. And so sometimes we put on the face like we got it together, but we really don't have it together because we feel inadequate. Now, if you're like me, the Lord began to speak to my heart, and you have to understand that God uses inadequate people. I want everybody to say it together. God uses inadequate people. That's right. He uses inadequate people. God loves people who humble themselves and say, you know what, God? I can't do this, but you can do this. You are a candidate this morning to be used by God if you're inadequate. And most of the people that you see are very successful. I'm talking about those who are believers in Jesus Christ. They become successful because a lot of them are very inadequate. And, but they give the inadequacies to God. So if you're inadequate this morning, you feel like you don't know enough, you feel like you're not good enough, and you feel like you made too many mistakes, I'm here to say you are a candidate to be used by God. And I approve this message. Number one, you are a candidate for God to use if you have messed up big. If you have messed up big. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. Here was the prophet Isaiah in the glory of God, and he began to see his sin. Because when you get in front of God's presence, you, you see your sin. And we all are sinners. So let's not act like we all are sanctified. Come on, even I got sin. Everybody got sin. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody so righteous that, 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 that everything they do is holy and righteous. I'm sorry. We are striving to do the right thing. But we all make mistakes. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. And so here was the prophet Isaiah. He was in the glory of God. He was in the presence of God. And he began to see his sin. He said, woe unto me. He said, man, I, I stink in your nostrils, God. I, oh, God, I'm dirty. Oh, God, I, I, I just feel so unworthy. Woe unto me. And many times when God had appeared 
to people in the word of God, you will see that they were in their sinful state. They they were in the most inadequate state. Here, Moses was a murderer. We call Moses. Moses murdered uh, murdered a man. Abraham was a liar. Oh, Sarah, she's my sister. She's my sister. That was a partial lie. He, he lied. Okay? Jacob was a cheater. But didn't God use him? Come on. Rahab. Come on. Now, Rahab is Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother. And guess what? She was a prostitute. If you want to pay today's church, she was a hoe. Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother was a prostitute. Yeah, she was. But God used her. Come on. David committed adultery. That's Jesus' grandfather. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David. Son of the man who, 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 who committed adultery. Come on. Son of the man who wasn't even a murderer. Come on. He put Uzziah on the front line to get him killed so he could have his wife. Come on. But yet, this is the David created me a clean heart, oh God, and I will bless the Lord at all times. And we always read the Psalms. Some of us read the Psalms every day. Oh, David's so powerful. Oh, girl, he just blessed me. He just knows what to say. Amen. He that dwells in the shelter of the most high. Oh, I just feel that. Sometimes I don't know what to say. I just read a psalm. It just gives me a good feeling. But yet that was the same David who was cheating, who was, sl- who was sleeping around, who, who was doing his stuff. Come on, the same David who was a freak. Come on. I talk real in church. Amen. We could talk real in the world. Why can't we go have reality television in the world? Why can't we have reality in the church? Come on. Come on. It was this man, come on, he, 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 this, this man had so many hundreds of wives, hundreds of concubines, had all different brothers, had all different shapes, shapes, sizes, flavors. Yeah, just look straight. I know, you, I know you're wiser, but you just look straight. Had all different flavors, man, but yet he wants to take somebody else's wife. Brother had a lust problem, but yet God still used him. God still used him. Amen. Paul murdered Christians. Paul murdered the apostle Paul. The one who wrote two-thirds of your New Testament that you read today was a murderer. Come on, he exposed Christians. He stoned them to death. He was there where they stoned Stephen, if you read the book of Acts. But yet God used him. So if you feel like you messed up big today, you are a candidate to be used by God. I don't care if you had an abortion. I don't care if you had a child of wedlock. I don't care what happened. I don't care if you got down and dirty last night before you came to church. I don't care. See, the problem is in church, we disqualify people. Oh, you messed up. Uh-uh, you, you can't be used. Oh, no, you had a baby out of wedlock? You can't be used. My mother was in church until she was about 15 years old. She got pregnant with me. Lord about aborted me, but she didn't abort me. My mother's a teenage mother. Because of, because of me, she left the church and said, nah, you ain't going to want to be no much. I don't know, your son going to want to be on the street and on that type of, on those different type of things. But look where her son is today. Amen. Actually, her son brought her back to church. And everything that took her out, when I got saved at 15, she wasn't walking with the Lord. I want her back to the Lord. Come on. So God can take your circumstance. He can take your mess and make it a message. Come on. He can take the goriness of your life and get some glory from it. He can take your test and give you a testimony. He can shift your situation around if you only will allow him to today. So if you messed up big time, you are a candidate to be used by God. 
Isaiah 6, 8 says, then I, heard a voice, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who shall go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is Isaiah now. He, 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 he said, Man, I messed up, Lord, woe unto me. But here's the same guy saying, Lord, I'll go for you. I don't know if I'm worthy enough to go for you, but I'll do what you say do. I'll say yes to your will. I'll submit to you. I'll do it, God. If you're going to give me another chance, God, I'm going to go for you. Even though I messed up a hundred times and I thought I was going to do it again 2,000 times and you've forgiven me a hundred million times, but yet I'm going to go for you this time. I don't care how many times you messed up. I don't care how many times you said I wasn't going to do it again. I don't care how many times you made a promise but you broke it. But God is still a promise keeper. God will still keep his end of the bargain. God will still keep his end of the deal. He said, here I am. Sit me. That needs to be your mindset this morning. Here I am, Lord. I messed up big. But here I am, nonetheless. Here I am in church. Didn't think I would be here this morning, but here I am. Didn't think I'll get my life straight, but here I am. That needs to be your heart cry this morning, that here I am, Lord. You are a candidate for the Lord to you if you messed up big. Number two, if you are unsure of yourself. If you are unsure of yourself. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. This is Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. You are a prime candidate for the Lord to use if you are unsure for yourself. One one sister preached here a long time ago. And she said, God does not care about your ability. He cares about your availability. And see, we're, we're so stuck up all with, Lord, I don't sing like Sister April sings, so I could never join the worship team. I, don't, I can't preach the way Pastor Alverna can preach, so I could never even be a teacher here. I don't, look the way, I don't look the part the way Pastor looks the part, so I could never do the ministry that you called me to do here. And sometimes we sit and we compare ourselves with everybody else instead of saying yes to God. And we just let time waste and waste and go by. And next thing you know, we're 100 years old, half dead in church, and now we want to do it, and then we drop dead because we can't do it because time is fast. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking, right? We just let time waste. God, is just care, God just cares about you just saying yes to him. Let me, let me, let me I'm confessing because this is, this is my confession, right? So let, let me confess. When I was about four years old, I, I had a speech impediment, and I probably still do. And I could not, I could, I could not mouth words. I had a stuttering problem. When I was a child, I'd be like, hello. I, I couldn't talk properly. And I would talk like that. And I had to go to a speech therapist and all these different things. My whole elementary school, I had a resource room and a speech therapist that went to regular classes. And that's what I went through. And so here I am in my teenage years, and I'm in high school, and I'm still stuttering over certain words. I said, Lord, you cannot possibly use me. And they took me to Moses. Moses had the same issue that I had. I said, Lord, I'm not eloquent. You know, I might look like Bishop Dick, but I can't preach like him, Lord. You know, you know, 
you know, I might be able to hoop like Jackie McCullough, but, you know, I, 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 I can't teach the way she teach, Lord. And, and, you know, and I kept comparing myself to everybody else. Lord, I can't do this. I, I, I can only do this but so much. And it, it just felt like I was only good a little bit in certain areas. And I felt like I couldn't master anything. And I kept comparing myself. And God rebuked me, just like he rebuked Moses. And God says, I don't care about that. If you submit to me, I'll use you just the way you are. I'll use you just the way you are. And some of you, you're so caught up on folk and so caught up how is this going to happen. Stop trying to figure out the mathematics of life. You want to have two plus two is three and four and, and this, and you want to have a plan and this and that. God will wipe all that stuff out the way. The only plan that you need is God's plan. Because God's plan always happens. There's no setback in God's plan. There's no, more, there's no mistake in God. And if you submit to God, he will prepare you. God doesn't choose the prepared. Let me say that again. God does not choose the prepared. He prepares the chosen. He prepares the chosen. When I say yes to the Lord, I didn't know anything about passing a church or anything. I took a step out on faith. What you mean you didn't know? I didn't know nothing. I wrote in my journal, I can show you, Lord. If you call me to do this, I don't know nothing about passing the church. All right? It's, it's, it's not like someone said, this is what you do and that and that. I said, Lord, I'm going to step out on faith. And he has taught me everything I know to the point I'm teaching other pastors what they need to know. Because God doesn't choose the prepared. He prepares the chosen. Are you chosen today? Are you chosen? God wants to use you. Oh, you chosen. You got gifts and abilities. You just sit it on. And we need it in the church. We need it in this church. We need it in the body of Christ, period, whether you go to this church or not. You need to use your God-given gifts. See, everybody's not blessed to use their God-given gifts in the workplace. You might be a singer, but yet you type on a computer, you, and you're miserable because you can't really use your gifts. You need to get in a place where you can utilize your gift for God's glory. is in agreement with what I'm saying. Amen. The Lord said, this is Exodus chapter 4, verse 12. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who makes him, who, who, who gives him sight and makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He said, now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. In other words, I'm going to prepare you. If you say yes to me, I'm going to prepare you. Because of your availability, I'm going to give you ability. He's going to teach you. He's going to equip you. But you have to be honest with the Lord and say, this is where I am. This is where I am. This is where I am. You are a candidate for God to use if you messed up big. If you're unsure about yourself. Amen? And last, if others think you're not. <laughs> if others think you're not. This is the main reason why a lot of Christians won't begin to even do anything for God because others think they're not. 
We're so focused about what other people think. Come on. Many of us come to church. I got to dress a certain way because, you know, I don't know how they are in that church. I don't know if they're traditional, if they're contemporary. I don't know what I can wear. So let me just put on something neutral so I could just fit in. So if they dress down, at least I got the slacks on. If they dress up, at least I got the blouse on. I don't know. And, and we're all concerned. So you're concerned right now. Like, Pastor, please don't come. Please don't look at me. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. We're too concerned about what other people think. And the minute we say, hey, this is what I'm going to do for God, those main people, oh, I don't know if you should do that. I don't know if you should do that. When I say, I'm, when I, when I say, I'm going to go start a church, oh, I don't know if you should do that. Um, let, let's, you should pray about that, Brother Arthur. You should pray. I don't know if that's God. I don't know if you should do that. And I'm going to marry Averna Latour. You sure you were her as your wife? You sure you heard from God? I don't know if you should do that. We should pray. We should pray. I actually got, I actually got someone who had, the, who had the audacity to give me a so-called a prophecy and said that's not of God. Now, y'all who come together, church, like, that's from the devil. That's from the pit of hell. You got people who got the, who, who got the boldness to say stuff like that. You don't need to consult with man about what God has chosen you to do. If God has chosen you to do something, then you do it. You be obedient to him, and, and he'll do it through you. He'll do it for you. But God says, start a church. I say, God, this is your church. I got no money. I can't do it. Some of you, God's going to start a business. God, I got no money. How can I do it? Lord, I want to buy a house. I got no money. How can I do it? I've got no job. How can I do it? My savings is gone. How can I do it? I had a baby. I sure can't do it now. <laughs> Step me back a few years. What can we do now? Especially now in this recession because everybody's like, you got to save up. Don't spend nothing. Don't do nothing. Just hold your money. Just hold your money. Just hold your Don't do nothing. Just save it and, and don't buy nothing. Don't treat yourself nothing. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I've chosen not to participate in the recession. The recession can happen, but I'm not going to be a part of it. The devil is a liar. Ain't nothing changing my finances the recession came. Actually, I got to increase. Come on. Come on. I you don't have to participate with the world. You don't have to dance to the devil's party, his music. Come on. Ain't no recession in the kingdom of God. If you're paying your tithes, if you're doing what you got to do, God's going to bless you. Come on. I don't care how much money you think you have or don't have. God will bring increase to your life if you do what's right. Well, Pastor, I'm broke. Are you tithing? It's quiet now. Come on, the church just wants your money. No, 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 no. It's God's money. It's not the church. Well, I'm just going to buy the pastor a new car. Well, I do need a new car, but it's not about that either. The pastor's just going to take our money and go. Believe me, Brother Dwayne is my accountant. He, he, can, he can tell you that I don't got that much, do I? But the Lord sustains me. Come on. Come on. He's a sustaining God. Come on. Some of you wonder, wonder how you're getting by with so little. God is a sustaining God. He could take the little. He could multiply it to the much. 
Come on, he'll give you those bargains. Why are you going to pay $100 for a coat if you just wait two weeks to go back to the same store and it'll be 50% off? Come on. Come on, come on. I, got, I got some fashionistas in the house. Come on. Y'all know how to look for a bargain or a deal. I know that dress is $200, but you only got it for $75. Come on. You got to know the deals. You got to know how to do it. God will lead you. God cares about every little thing, even about what you wear. Pastor, no, he don't. He don't care about what I wear. Yes, he does. If I'm a king's kid, come on, don't you, wear, don't you be concerned about what your kids wear? So why can't God be concerned about what you wear? It's silent in here. He cares about every little thing. He is your, he, he is your God. He is your provider. I don't know what your earthly father did to you, whether you had a good father, daughter, father, son relationship, but I'm telling you, your heavenly father, he has a great plan for your life. And if you do things his way, he will bless you. I'm not trying to preach prosperity and all that stuff. I'm not asking, to, I'm not asking no one to throw no $20 bill at my feet or nothing like that. Because you know them churches, they run, Ooh, preach, and another one come, Ooh, preach. And all that, I'm actually doing any of that stuff. Some of you don't watch TV, you know what I'm talking about, it's okay. But those who do, you know what I'm talking about. I'm asking for no $10,000 seed and none of that type of stuff. Come on, you know you got to sow a seed to meet a need, right? You know, that's what they teach you, right? Name it and claim it, right? That's what they say, right? Come on, I'm getting my house. Damn, take it, Lord. You're qualified. You're a candidate to be used by God if others think you're not. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If I listened to what others said when I was going to marry that woman over there, or when I was going to start this church here, I would have never done it. I would have never done it. Because I will allow the fear of man to bring a snare. That's what the scripture says. The fear of man brings a snare. In other words, it will entrap you. And sometimes you are so caught up by what other people think, you will never do the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sometimes when you go to school students, college students, and mama said you're going to be this, and I'm paying for your education, you're going to do this, but yet there's something in your heart to do something else. You better follow God. It's silent in here. It's all right. Because it's the truth. If God has told you to do something, he will bring provision to do it. He will bring provision to do it. When my, my wife and I, we were originally from New York City. I'm from the Boogie Down Bronx. I'm from the ghetto of the ghetto. If you go to my block, they're still killing folk and selling drugs and everything. And I said, Lord, how did you bring me out of this? Because I should be a product of my environment, but here I am now. I know it's the grace of God on my life. Come on. If you look at where you came from, you say, I should be a product of the place I came from. But look at God. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. Oh, God. I came from a broken home. Come on, I, didn't have, I feel the anointing. I didn't have daddy there. Mama wasn't there. Come on, big sister got on my nerve. Little sister was out doing her stuff, but yet God kept me. I have to be grateful for what he's done for me. 
I can't look at people. My wife and I, we moved out here. We both had jobs. Got married September 7, 2002. She started her teaching profession. I was going to my IT and to my sales profession. This is before I said yes to pastor in the church. We got married September 7th, that, that, that Saturday. We wasn't going to go on a honeymoon because the funds were tight. We said, honey, we're going to take this money, and instead of going on a honeymoon, we're we going we to build our apartment up. So we're going to bed, got the king-size bed. We're going to get all the stuff that we want, and we're going to honeymoon later. So I said, okay, we're going to save some money up so we could pay rent for about two months. Okay? Monday came. We was going to go to work. We got married Saturday. We was going to go to work on Monday. Monday, we called our job to say, okay, we do report to? She called her job. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Shadwick. Um, the position that we interviewed, for, interviewed you for is no longer, is no, is no longer available because um, um, a third of, of the parents took the, they drew their children from our school and they went to public school, so we don't need you anymore. We apologize for any inconveniences caused. Called my job. Oh, yeah, we, we're doing budget cuts, but this is right after 9-11. We're doing budget cuts, and we thought that we needed a, a, a salesperson, um, but fortunately, we don't need one. So here we are, newlyweds. Newlyweds. Beautiful, brand new apartment. Everything, new floors, everything. Have no job. No job. Now, how am I supposed to be a provider? I'm the man. I'm the, I'm the man of her dreams, this big, handsome hunk of man over here. How am I supposed to, you know, to provide for her? What am I am supposed to do? I'm like, God, I'm like, God, what do, what do I do? What do I say? I don't know anything, God. I said, Lord, I have to trust you. I have to trust you. I have to rely on you. I have to give myself to you. And that's what I did. I didn't complain. I didn't murmur. Some of us get pissed off and get angry at God. I didn't even do that. I said, God, I don't got no time to do that. If this, you knew this is part of your plan, it's going to happen, you're going to provide. And within six months, God said the whole situ situation arise. As a matter of fact, someone sent me a $500 check in the mail. I went to school the last the semester before. They said, oh, Mr. Shadwick, we forgot to tell you. We have a check for you. You, you, you have extra money left over. Sent me a $500 check in the mail. Went to one of my wife's um, friend's birthday parties. The Lord gave me a word for her. I prophesied over her. I said, this is what the Lord says. Boop, she was laid out on the floor. One of the sisters that were there, I never met before. She, she, was, she was a movie producer. She said, okay, she said, she, she said, you're such a blessing. I said, well, thank you. I'm just being obedient to God. Next thing I know, and I got a check three days later for $500 in the mail. Just met her one time. And people just begin to sow. And people just begin to give. And God just begin to send provision. When you are obedient to God, God will always give you provision for the vision he's giving you. Stop worrying about where the money is going to come from, where the resources are going to come from. He will give it to you. Two years later, I said, honey, we never went on a honeymoon. I said, let's, 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 let's go somewhere. I said, let's go on a cruise. So I got with another couple. I said, we're going on a cruise together. You ready to go on a cruise together? A week before the cruise, my wife wasn't a citizen at the time. And I, I, I'm, she's from the island of Montserrat. West Indies in the house. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord have mercy. Okay. So, so, so some of you West Indians from the islands, you know that immigration works. You know, you know how that works. So it's like, um, it's like Mr. Shadwick, if, if, if Ms. Shadwick leaves um, the country and she come back in, 
All that paperwork that you filled out to make her a permanent citizen is going to start back from scratch all over again. And you want to pay so many hundreds and hundreds of dollars and go through all the paperwork and all of the fingerprints and everything from scratch. So I had to cancel my cruise. And I was so frustrated. I was so, my wife can tell you. We went down to Miami, stayed in some broke hotel, some hole in the wall, you remember, hole in the wall. And then Katrina had the nerve to hit when I was down there. And I'm like, God, come on. I just want to get away with my wife. We never really had a honeymoon. Come, come on. And every time it seemed like we wanted to go away to do something, there's always some type of sacrifice that was made until this year. This year we made eight years. So I said, honey, a miracle check came in the mail this, 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 this summer. I preached about it a couple months ago. Miracle check came in the mail. I said, Lord, I don't know what this money is for. I said, I'm going to go spend it. Because you know, you know, a lot of times when you get money, you want to spend the money. And God says, no, save it. Put it away. I'm like, well, why am I putting this away for? Because I want to spend it. I got some needs. And God said, put it away. I said, you know what? I don't know what to do with this. And I said, okay, our eighth wedding anniversary is coming up. Where can I take my wife? What, what, what can I do? And I'm, I'm teaching you here. I'm not bragging. I'm teaching you what God would do for you. I am nobody special. Okay? This is my confession. I am, I am nobody special. God is no respecter of person. What he does for one, he can make happen for you. And I'm telling you that God has brought me from a place of lack into a place of abundance. Come on. And God can turn your situation around. He can turn that loan situation around. He can turn that house situation around. He can turn your situation around if you trust him. And so this year I say, I'm going to take my wife to the spa. We're going to go away for a weekend. I said, Lord, we're going to do it. And God sent the provision for that to happen, and we did do that, and we had a great time. We had a wonderful honeymoon, romantic getaway. And I'm sharing this because just like you, God would take me even as a pastor through different trials, through different tests, through different times where you're like, God, I don't even know what you're doing. I'm so confused right now. I don't even know which way to turn. And he will bring direction out of the midst of confusion. He will bring abundance out of the midst of lack. He will send provision to you where you have nothing. He's a God. He will do it for you today. But you cannot look at other people. Stop comparing yourself to other people. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. If your heart is right, he'll bless you. If your heart is right, he'll bless you. Acts 4.13, I'm closing, I'm done. The Lord, when, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, this is in Acts chapter 4, of Peter and John, they realized that these men were unschooled, ordinary, and they were astonished. They took note that these men have been with Jesus. God can take you from the guttermost, as we used to say in the old church, to the uttermost. He can take you from a place of not having anything to a place of having everything. And it's not because of your merits or the good that you have done, but it's because of the grace of God today. It's by his grace that it is possible and that it is available for us. It's actually by his grace that you woke up this morning. If you understand anything about grace, it's by his grace that you can even open up your mouth and praise him today. Come on, it's by, it's, it's by his grace that you're in your right mind um, right now. It's by his grace that you're able to, to, to drive this morning. Come on. 
we, we, see, we, 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 we take for granted the grace of God. Come on. It's by God's grace that that baby is, 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 in, is in their arms alive this morning. Come on. Somebody, baby, didn't make it this week. Come on. It's by the grace of God. And sometimes we take things for granted because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of, of the Lord. We, 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 we have to come to a place where we're grateful for all that God is doing in our lives. So, yes, there are times as a pastor I do feel completely inadequate. But when I look over my life and I see God's glory, I see all the things that he's brought me through, and I realize the only thing I have to do is humble myself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift me up in due season. Because God (laughs) doesn't choose the prepared. He prepares the chosen. So I close today with this question in mind for each and every one of you today. Remember, you were here by purpose this morning. What is God calling you to do? Just think about that for a second. The word afternoon is still early. We're getting out in a few minutes. But what is God calling you to do? Whether you're part of this church, maybe he's calling you to this church. Maybe you've just been putting it off. Maybe you're in another church and he's telling you to do something. What is he calling you to do? Maybe it has something to do, even to do with church. What is he calling you to do? You might not even be walking with the Lord this morning. Maybe he's calling you to get your life together, to get saved, to recommit your life to him. What is he calling you to do? See, this is not a place to play games. This is not a place to, to, to play Russian roulette with your life and with your eternity. But what is he calling you to do? All heads bowed and eyes closed, please. Father in heaven, we come before you today. And we bless you. God, we feel like we have a resume for failure. We don't know enough. We're not good enough. Have we made so many mistakes? But we know if we mess up big, we're a candidate for you to use. If we're unsure about ourselves, our ability, you can still use us. And if others say, hey, you, I don't think you could do that. I don't, that's not you. But yet you can still use us regardless, Lord. So, Father, we, 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 we're looking in our hearts to say, what do you want from us? What are you calling us to do? And whatever he says to you today, just like Mary said to the disciples, his disciples, just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't second guess God. Just be obedient. Whatever he's telling you to do, just do it. If you know God is calling you to do something this morning, I just want you to stand quickly. Just stand. No one's going to point you out. Just stand. You don't have to feel ashamed. Stand. Just stand. You know God is talking to you this morning. Just stand. Wait, ten more seconds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those who stand, just lift your hands to God. It's just a sign of surrenderance. Moses came to this place. David came to this place. 
every child of God, from the Scripture to here now, have all come to a place where they had to surrender and say, yes, Lord, I'll do what you've called me to do. Yes, Lord, I'll trust you. It hurts, it's painful, I'm confused, but I'll trust you. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I shouldn't even be worried about how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit myself. I'm, I'm going to re- re- refresh myself back and say yes to you. Father in heaven, Lord, we are, I'm standing with them. I'm lifting my hand because we're inadequate. Father, we confess that we can't do We can't even make it to heaven by ourselves. We need you, Jesus Christ. We need that precious blood from Calvary. Father, we first repent. Repent for procrastinating. Repent, repent for, for putting things off. Repent for not doing it the way you've told us to do it. Repent for not being obedient. Repent for becoming distracted. Repent, Lord. We, we repent. We, we say we're sorry that we want to do things different this time. Father, you know what you're calling each and every one that's standing here to do and those who are not even standing. I pray that you would strengthen them so they can do it, God. They could be obedient, oh God. Whatever you're calling them to do, Lord, equip them, Holy Spirit. Bless them now, Holy Spirit. Strengthen them now, Holy Spirit. Give them grace now, Holy Spirit. Let your anointing, oh God, flow fresh on their lives today. Let them not leave here the same way today. Equip them with the power, with the ability, with the resources, with the might that they need to do what you're calling them to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Come on, let's give God some praise. You receive that word today? Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to... Give a quick reminder while um, we're preparing our hearts to give our afternoon tithes and offering and the worship team is going to get ready to come back up. Amen. This Saturday and this Sunday coming up, the 25th and the 26th. Amen. I'm asking those who serve in any capacity of this ministry to sign up today. I need you to tear up the slip of the paper and hand it to the usher today before you leave here. Amen. Amen. This is a free conference that we that 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 we're inviting you to. Or put it this way, it's a paid conference because we're paying for it for you. Amen. And so it's it's imperative, it's important. I strongly encourage you to join us this weekend. Amen. Because I know that you're going to be blessed and you're going to be touched. And then next Sunday after the morning service, before o'clock, we're going over to Harlem. We're going over to Bethel Gospel Assembly in New York City. So. I need, if, if, even if you're not a proper service team, but you just want to come with us next Sunday, you're more than welcome. Amen? So it's going to be all the churches coming together. Amen? It's probably going to be a couple hundred of us all getting together. It's going to be awesome. And it's always a blessing when we fellowship with our brother and sister churches. Amen? So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Um, also, amen, I got the invitation to, to, to speak at a regional um, men's breakfast. Uh, I'm speaking to all the men. Amen. Whether you're part of Gathering Church or not, I want you to come out and be a part of it. If, if you want more information about it, you can speak to me personally after service, and I'll give you all the information that's needed. Amen? You still with me? You still alive? You breathing? Okay. Praise the Lord. Come on, Sister Staples.
hopefully you've been able to um, complete your envelopes and your blue slips. And if so, if you can stand up, we're going to go to the throne in a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for this offering. We thank you, Lord God, for the resources, and we thank you for, Lord God, your provision that moves the vision forward. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will provide, Lord God, as you said, because we're just really giving back your own word, Lord God. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are a provider, Lord God. So that's what you do, and that's who you are. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the assurance and the guarantee. We ask, Lord God, that the um, giving, Lord God, that happens today, Lord God, will be will multiply, Lord, and before you, Lord God, for the kingdom of God and for the advancement, Lord God, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can all stand, and the usher will come forward with the basket, and then you guys can just come down from the back row to the center.
Yeah.